The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You are so lucky you tuned in today. Today is the beginning of our new pet product special, and for the next five weeks, we're going to feature some of the cutting-edge technology and the best pet products to come out for 2015. And today, it's a cat product. We'll have giveaways of this product in just a few minutes, and throughout the next five weeks, we'll have giveaways of all these great things. Neat stuff. People are just so creative. On today's show, we have a pet CSI. Christina Lindquist is her name, and she has a big old title that I won't even start to pronounce right now because it'll take (laughs) half the show. But she takes cat DNA and dog DNA, which generally is poo, but sometimes hair. Sometimes hair, yes. And urine. she correlates it to the crime, and she nabs the bad guys wow. using that kind of stuff. That's just amazing technology. Also on the show today, Chris Morgan. He is the host of many, many shows on uh, PBS. This time he's doing a three-part series on animal homes. And what it really is is they've combined, like, Animal Planet and HGTV together <laughs> uh, and gave them steroids. House Hunters for Pets. Yes. He's going to look at all the different homes that animals have and how they build them and why they build them in certain locations. It's going to be all fun and good stuff for you, so you want to stick around for that. Of course, your calls for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. Let's head to the newsroom with Tammy Trujillo. What are you working on? Well, I have found how what you have been looking for for I don't know how long, and that is a way to adopt Justin Bieber. Oh, oh, the answer is yep. prayers. Yep. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> really, <laughs> who you... wouldn't want to adopt Justin Bieber? <laughs> how did you get inside my head? How do you know that I, stuff? I, I I've known you for so darn long that it just, it just came to me. So I thought I've got to find a way, and actually, with a little help from uh, an animal rescue group in Dallas. We have come up with the answer. In fact, you could even get Kim Kardashian. It could be a package deal. This is actually a very clever idea, and Tammy will tell you about it in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's head to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And we go to Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Hi, how are you today? Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Solvang, California, just down the road from you guys. Oh, wow. You listen on KVEC? You know what, to be honest with you, no. I just I heard you folks for the first time yesterday, and I went, what a great show, and I've got some issues, dog issues, so I want to see if I can chat with you guys. Well, let's, okay, uh, I think we're up for the challenge, aren't you, Dr. Debbie? I am. So what do we got going on? Okay, very quickly. I'm a relatively new dog owner, about three years into it. Two dogs, 50 and 60-pound dogs. They're mixed breeds. One's blonde and one's black. Uh, they belong to my girlfriend who ha- has had these dogs since birth. Well, since puppies. She found them on the side of the road, of all places, in the Bakersfield, California area. Anyway, she's had them for close to 14 years. They're older Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So I've been in the picture for about three years now. And I love the dogs, and I love animals, but I- I've never really had a pet of my own uh, in all my 50-some-odd years of being around. So this is all new to me, and I'm still learning the process. I have major anxiety when I walk these two dogs, and the reason is this. 
uh, the black dog has a bit of Rottweiler and I believe a bit of Pitbull in him. Mm-hmm. Sweet dog, sweet dog loves humans, but small dogs, it's attack mode every time. Okay. And it's horrible because, uh, you know, I'll take him for a walk around the neighborhood and, you know, we have them on leashes and we're good owners and we're good parents and all that and we do the right things and you know i we have to walk these dogs in the middle of the street because i'm i'm afraid to walk them on the sidewalk for fear that some little dog is going to come running out of somebody's car or out of somebody's front door and mm-hmm. i'm charging at the dog and it's happened once already about a year or so ago where a little dog came out of nowhere and it happened so quickly that teddy is his name got a hold of him oh dear and okay the worst happened and it happened split second happened Okay. Well, let me horrible. ask you, Mark. Do do you walk these dogs together or, or separately? Together, together. They're always together. I'm just so paranoid. I mean, if if, if a bush mm-hmm. uh, yeah. rattles in some way, I I jump when I'm walking these dogs. And sure, it's sure. just it's just too much anxiety, and I just don't. The other thing is, I don't know what my rights are if I have any at all. Let's say I'm walking down the middle of the street or the sidewalk, very public, correct? And I've got mm-hmm. them on leashes. And they're, they're, you know, they're they're two feet away from me on a leash. A little dog comes out of nowhere, and the worst happens. Yeah. Well, what I mean, happens? there's a lot. A lot falls into kind of local jurisdictions about you know dogs if they're off leash or not. If they're off leash, the dog off leash is generally that's where the problem is going to lie. The right. problem is if you have a dog that's already attacked and it's known to attack. I, I have to say, as a veterinarian, I look out for public safety and. So for me, there's a couple things that I would do is I would walk the dog with a muzzle and I would walk them individually. And the, the challenge is when we have a dog that has a lot of uh, reactivity on a leash, whether it's aggressive or fearful behavior, we have to control the environment. It's very hard to do when you're just out for a casual walk and you don't know who you're going to see around the corner. Right. So some of the tips that, that I've used with some of my clients is that we keep the dog in a, bu- a muzzle, in a basket muzzle, not a, not the kind that keeps their mouth closed. We need them to be able to pant, to drink water, accept treats. Um, so um, that would be the preferred way to go about there. Um, you need only one dog at a time because you can't control both of them. Your focus has to be on the dog in your leash at that time. And then we talk about how your uh, behavior can either amplify the problem or make it better. So being anxious when you start off on a walk is not a good thing because they read that behavior and, and you know, the energy goes through that leash just like an electricity. Um, so you want to make sure you exude a calm, confident presence when you're out. So what I typically do is try to walk these pets at low population time. So maybe before sunup. When there's not a lot of people out, there's not a lot of stimuli for your dog to get worked up. And then we want to work on building positive association. So the basket muzzle is just a backup. Um, and then you have a pocket of treats, preferably really, really good treats that don't come out of your cabinet at any other times of the day. And the way we work up to this is we build positive associations with just the sight of another dog. So this may be something you need to work at a distance of across the park. 
um, if your dog is anxious and reacts when they're 30 feet away. So you have to know the distance at which your dog is going to get worked up. And yeah. don't get closer than that. So you really right. do have to be vigilant, but at the same time acting like, hey, chill, everything's cool. You have a loose leash, you're really relaxed, and you're looking across the park, you see another dog. So once your dog spots that dog, as long as it's a positive response and there's no growling, it's just a, you know, just a noticing the dog, then you give that treat, that positive reward. And then you mm-hmm. turn and you go in a different way. You don't allow any more interaction than that. And that's the degree that you have to control it and build on positive associations. Yeah. Takes- let me clarify quickly. Uh, my, my girl and I, we walk them together. I, I rarely have ever walked both of them alone. And, yeah, and the and reason I would... is because of this. I, I just yeah. I don't have enough control, and I, and so. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I, I would still say you want to control and have one dog at a time. Because yeah. there are, sometimes one dog will kind of start a behavior and then the other one will kind of follow with that. So you need to work oh, on these I dogs see. individually. Like, even, if even if it's both yeah. of us walking. I, I, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Okay. And then yeah. you may find that one of the dogs is, you know, easier going, you know, maybe a little less apt to be reactive when the other one's not around. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's the case. So, um, but yeah, I would really work on that. So, so very quickly, the muzzle idea. I, I've been, I've been thinking about going that route. But I, my, my thing on the muzzle is this: I don't want to spook everybody around. Can, the can I tell you they've changed? They're not like what they used to be. They've changed. They're they're actually being used now for just you know if you take your dog to the vet or to the groomers. And I got to right. tell you, Company of Animals makes the Baskerville muzzle, and they are a sponsor. But I got to tell you, we will use it in any situation where we feel uh, the animal might become aggressive. It's just yeah. it works, and it's not what it used to be. No, and it allows your dog to. You can actually give treats. It can drink. It can pant. It's not going to close the snout. It's a large basket, so it's it's just protecting you and protecting the dog and protecting the public. Mm. Yeah, okay. I think you're right because I just I just can't handle the anxiety any longer. I mean, it's just, I'm just constantly on. Go- no matter where we go around the neighborhood, no matter where we go. Well, that, that was the other thing I wanted to mention, and I'm just putting in my two cents worth. Hope you don't mind I interrupt here, no, Dr. Go Debbie. Right no, go right ahead. ahead. You said from the very beginning that you're nervous. You're out there and you're nervous. And I know dogs, and you may be new to dogs. You said this is your first dog. Dogs mm-hmm. generally really watch their owners for a cue of how to react. So if you're nervous, they're going to be nervous. Am I on track oh, yeah. a little bit? No, absolutely, Hal. I mean, it is so true. And, and that's why I think, you know, making your goal attainable is, you know, having one dog at a time. And, you know, you really have to look at how you're holding the leash. A lot of times when we have a dog that's maybe pulling or tends to be leash aggressive, you know, we'll have both hands on the leash. And while you want to have a firm hold, you don't want to have that posture like you're ready for battle um, because your dog's going to pick up on that and uh, a lot of times it's you know just kind of walking the other direction keeping your voice calm you know I've seen my own dog react in situations when I have been um, a little bit more nervous um, and they do they definitely will will read your behavior yeah yeah all right well I'll tell you I I think the muzzle idea is the the way to go for now because you know again like I say I'm walking down the middle of the street for crying out loud, because I don't want to be on the cur- on the sidewalk because it doesn't give me enough time if a little guy comes running out of somebody's yard. 
that's mm-hmm. not on a leash or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's happened a couple of times where dogs come running towards us and I would just scream and yell at them and get upset and the neighbor would come out and I'd say, get your dog, get your dog, and that sort of thing. And it's just, it's just horrible to have to go through that because yeah. it doesn't make it enjoyable yep. at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hopefully that'll help you, and I definitely once again encourage you to check out the Baskerville Ultra Muzzle from Company of Animals. They make a really nice one that uh, allows your animal to be treated. Great. You know, it, well, well, and I think you know how I have to say we use a lot of muzzles in my line of work, and um, for some of the wire get-ups that are out there, I would never use those for for dogs yeah. in the home setting. That's um, the so only I thing do that like I, that I know of. I've never seen anything other than yeah. These are rubber. These are soft yeah. rubber. Yeah. Oh, check it. Good. Check it out because it's useful in a lot of other countries where muzzling dogs is standard and, and it's really a, and there's not a negative connotation in a lot of communities in a lot of uh, countries where they use these responsibly just to make sure public perfect. health and you know their animals perfect. are safe perfect i'm so glad i called you guys That's hey. great advice and i'm going to go that route thanks for listening mark and we appreciate your call today anytime that you want one 405 toll free to dr debbie or dog father joey villani Underwriting for Animal Radio comes from World's Best Cat Litter. Ditch your giant boxes of cat litter for the concentrated power of World's Best Cat Litter. Did you know even a small bag lasts one cat 30 days? It's at Target, Walmart, and your local grocery or pet stores. And they can say it's the world's best because it is. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. That not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7899. Hi, I'm Junior, director of marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Hi, this is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please, stay and neuter your animals. Please. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
It's Animal Radio's new pet product special. And over the next five weeks, we are going to feature some of the uh, best cutting-edge technology in pet products. And we're going to give them away, too. Today, it's all about the cats just around the corner. you got to stick around for that. Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? Well, a story that I wish I'd known decades ago about. Because when I was a kid, I was allergic to cats and dogs. And it broke my heart because you know how much I love animals. Uh-huh. But now a study is showing that kids that exhibit signs of being allergic to their pets may actually not be allergic to the pet themselves. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I wonder if that was me. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you all about it. may solve some problems. Okay. If you haven't had a chance to head on over to our Facebook page yet, do so, especially this Wednesday for our Wacky Wednesday pictures. If you uh, have a wacky picture of you and your pet, you should upload it every Wednesday at our Facebook page. And we see how many shares there are, how many likes there are. We count it all up. And at the end of the day, we give out some pretty cool prizes. And this week, what are we giving out? This week we have from Whammo, we have the pet Frisbee. Did you just say Whammo? Whammo. Whammo still exists? I guess so. They're still making products. And this one is actually for pets, but this isn't just your ordinary Frisbee. This one actually is textured and it has a pattern that's raised. So it gives it dimensionality and it gives it a grip so your dog can actually grip it. And not only that, they've gone on and made it in colors that your dogs can see. Because your dogs can't see red and green. If you throw a red and green Frisbee on grass, they might just walk right by it because they can't see it. So they've made it blue and yellow so your dog Mm -hmm. can see it from a distance. Oh, that is so clever. Isn't that cool? That's brilliant. It Mm -hmm. is. So get your Whammo Pet Frisbee right here. Okay, so how do you pick up on that? Well, you got to upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures. And again, if you don't have any, take some or go over there and vote at our Facebook page at Animal Radio. Robert, hey, Robert, where are you calling from today? Chicago, Illinois. Beautiful place. Okay, well, I got the good doctor right here. What's going on? Well, we have a dog and a miniature pincher and a cat. The dog is traveling with me. I'm, I'm a truck driver, so the whole week I'm, I'm going with the dog. And okay. uh, when when I come back on the, on the weekend, the the cat is peeing in a in a dog's bed. And for in like the dog's last, bed. Last, I don't know, maybe month or something like that. We we didn't have a problem problem before, but. Just, just last month that that started to happen, and the uh, cat, cat, uh, it's a she, she's sick. So I don't know what what we could do. Okay, so just so I'm clear, when you're away, the dog is with you, and the cat's yes. fine. But when you return home with the dog, the cat is urinating in the dog's bed or your bed? In the dog's bed. In the dog's bed, and this only yes. is when the dog is returned to the house. Yes. Oh, that sounds naughty. <laughs> what a naughty kitty. <laughs> you know, when, when we come back, you know, dog, dog is after, after being uh, five days in the truck, he, he wants to play with the, with my daughter and uh, the, he wants to play with the cat. When, before I started to drive, you know, the, doing the trucking, they, they were home all the time and they were playing, you know, without the problems. They are together for like four, four or five years. So trouble started last, last month. With the, with the cat. We, we're not sure what, what we can okay. do and why All it's right. happening. Well, I, I think a lot of this is going to be driven out of marking um, territories and resources. And, and, and I laugh because it's such a naughty kitty. It just seems like such a blatant thing, like saying, this is mine. This is my spot. And, you know, you may be back, but this is still my spot. So some of the things that I might ask you to do may be a little bit challenging. Um, now, when... Um, when your dog is around, where does your cat eat? 
Um, we have a cradle for a, for a cat because she's scratching the furniture a little bit. And we have a lot of furniture. So we put her for a night in, uh, into her trail and that's, that's where her, uh, food is. But, okay, uh, so you know, the, the dog is eating the, the cat food sometimes okay. also. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah. Okay, so this, there's a couple things I would have you do. Now, one of the things that you can do when your dog is away is I'd like you to start feeding your cat inside the dog's bed. So okay. actually put the food inside the bed in a bowl, um, not just laying in the bed. And, and to start to use this as a feeding site for your kitty, that's going to do two things. It's going to make her less apt to want to urinate there in the future because, you know, cats are tidy animals and we don't want to soil where the food is. Now, ideally, what I would ask you to do is to get two different beds and to provide one of the beds for the kitty and make that kind of her spot um, where she can um, have very similar outcomes um, environment to the dog's bed and, and see if she will claim that and accept that as her own without marking on the dog spot. The other thing we can do um, is going to be a little bit more challenging is we can, we can try to make the environment um, uh, on, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we can make the environment around the dog's bed unappealing to the kitty. Um, so sometimes we can do things like uh, motion activated uh, uh, like compressed air canisters and uh, turning uh, plastic uh, runners upside down around that area. Those kind of things will be useful to keep Kitty away, but they may keep your dog away from that as well. So you have to kind of keep that keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that I'd really ask you to do is to pick up um, some Kitty pheromone um, diffusers. Now, these are plug-in dispensers that don't give off smells like lilacs and, and uh, vanilla, French vanilla. They're going to give off um, a, a scent hormone that you cannot detect, but cats can, and it can help kind of calm them. And when we're having some territorial or cat behavior issues, it's something we like to use in the area where the problem is occurring, so in the zone where the dog bed is. And then also making sure that the kitty's food is out of dog's reach because we don't want to create any other competitions. Um, if kitty feels like she's got to uh, claim other resources in the house, such as her food, um, sleeping sites, um, all of that kind of stuff, it might make some more um, behavior problems more likely. So get make sure that food is elevated for kitty where the dog can't get to it. Um, also give her you know some other sites where she can kind of perch and look out and look down on her subjects, especially the dog in the household. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Now, this makes sense, but it really hasn't been examined that much until right now. If a food that your child is allergic to is also in your pet's food, that could be a problem. A new study by a company called Savannah Research was prompted by the case of a young boy in California who had a peanut allergy. He broke out in hives after he was licked by his puppy who'd just eaten a peanut-flavored snack bone. Now, it means that many kids who are thought to be allergic to dogs and cats might actually have been allergic to what the animals have been eating and not the animals themselves. It means that parents of kids with food allergies need to double-check the ingredients on pet food labels as well. This next story, it is a heartbreaker, warning in advance here, but it needs to be told. 
Ian Anderson of San Diego is demanding police take responsibility for a mistake that cost his service dog his life. Anderson woke up to police pounding on his door early on a Sunday morning. His six-year-old pit bull, Burberry, barked until Anderson opened the door. Now, one of the officers is seen on a surveillance video actually patting the dog. When Burberry goes over to the other officer, he backs away with his gun drawn, and then, out of video range, he allegedly shoots Burberry in the head. Anderson says the officers actually restrained him as he tried to get to Burberry after she was shot. Anderson says Burberry was a registered service dog, helping him deal with anxiety and depression, and that she visited with children with Down syndrome and autism. The San Diego Police Department says it's investigating. Anderson says the officers went to the totally wrong house number. He's now circulating a petition requiring officers to take a mandatory training course to teach them when it's appropriate to use force on dogs, similar to the one that Colorado has. It's called the Dog Protection Act. He's also set up a Facebook page for Justice for Burberry. Here's a question. Would you adopt Justin Bieber? How about Kim Kardashian? There's one rescue group, at least, that's hoping the idea will get your attention. Dallas Pets Alive has started naming their animals with popular online search terms. Things like Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un, Miley Cyrus twerking, Obamacare, Left Shark, or even Photoshopped Bieber. The idea is to increase the animal's exposure by having them pop up more often in trending news feeds. We'll see how it works. After all, you don't have to end up living with Kim Kardashian's butt. You can always rename the pet after you get him or her home. Thank goodness. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks over at Voice, V-O-Y-C-E. It's the wearable band that monitors your dog's key health indicators, including the resting heart rate, the breathing rate, and activity. Get exclusive content from experts in health, nutrition, training, and behavior. Give your dog a voice. Learn more at MyDogsVoice.com. That's MyDogsVoice.com. And we head to... Uh, i got to hit this button again, huh? Don't I? Yes. It only works when I do that. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Oh, are you listening on WEEU? Yes, I was. Okay, well, how can we help you? Well, I had asked about the way to uh, put weight on a Shih Tzu of ours. Okay. So what's the what's the health status and what's the Excellent age? Excellent so health, 
just a bag of bones. Has been for 14 years. 14-year-old dog, um, bag of bones. Um, let's see, because depending what I consider bag of bones, I'm a little bit hesitant to say perfectly healthy, especially 14 years. Now, have well, you had... Have you had a recent vet check, say regular lab work, things of that yes. nature? Yes, indeed. All these years, each time. And the vets are the class A type and uh, say not to worry about it. She's healthy. She's just thin. Okay. Well, because there's a difference between thin and emaciated, and there's what we call body condition scores. Mm-hmm. So do you know what your score, um, your dog, was given by your veterinarian? I don't know. Okay. Because there's different categories. So um, there's um, a one to five score that we use in my office with a number three is a perfectly healthy dog, five is a morbidly obese, and one is an emaciated dog that um, pretty much looks like, you know, on a Humane Society commercial. Um, So there are dogs that can be underweight, that can still be healthy, but they don't fall into the emaciated category because that is never a, a good health condition. So if your dog is underweight and your veterinarian feels that it's maybe a two out of five um, or two and a half out of five and doesn't find anything medically and this you know not just being a physical exam this is doing you know blood work urinalysis uh, regular fecal tests that kind of stuff and if everything looks normal then as a veterinarian we may not be concerned Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, being a shih tzu especially of that age I do often worry about their kidneys because they definitely can have a genetic uh, tendency towards renal disease. Um, it's very common within the Shih Tzu breed. Um, so that would be something that, you know, on a regular lab work, we may not see it, but sometimes we'll do urine protein levels and things like that to further evaluate if something like that's going on. So that being said, how do we get a, a dog to, to gain weight that's um, perceived to be on the underweight side? And if we don't have a medical problem, the simple thing is to feed more. And you typically we'll feed an increase in about 10%. Um, as long as the dog will accept it and eat it, we'll increase that by 10% over, say, maybe every two weeks. Um, there are some diets that are what we call recovery diets um, that are uh, highly palatable, usually in canned form, that are for helping to gain weight. Um, in a 14-year-old dog, I'm going to be a little hesitant to tell you to feed something like that because, again, I'm skeptical. <laughs> As a veterinarian, I'm like, hmm, 14-year-old dog, I don't know that a high-calorie diet is going to be necessarily the best thing that we can use in this situation because there are some situations that can backfire on us. But for a pet, say, recovering after a major illness or you know, a dog that's been out on the streets, we'll use a recovery diet. Um, Royal Canin makes one. Um, Science Diet makes one called AD. Um, and they're definitely highly palatable canned formulas that you can use to help a pet gain weight. Um, mm. But again, you know, Daniel, I'm, a, I'm just a little bit you know, concerned in telling you to do something like that. I don't want to do any harm for your, your Correct. little baby. Correct. No, these are uh, my... They're checked out oh, uh, not more than every six weeks, or not less than every six weeks, where she's at the vet to, for a checkup and such. Okay. All right. So she's under good care, excellent care. Okay. Except well, that might be I a great question. Just, the others to... have uh, some meat on them. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, you know, that might be a great question to ask your veterinarian. Hey, Dr. Debbie said something about a body condition score. Where does my dog fall? And I'll tell you, it's, it's an important thing to track and to watch because sometimes the numbers don't change. And this is kind of falls where more people, they say, don't focus on the number. It's, you know, how do you look? Do you fit this body type? Do you, do you have these changes from time to time over your body? And that is really most important. So you can check out, uh, Purina has a body condition score. You can look online. Um, Otherwise, you know, there's other veterinary resources um, sure. that you can look at. Where are you located? Me, myself? I'm yeah. in the, the fine city of Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We're yeah. lucky to have 20 degrees here. <laughs> oh, goodness. And you don't want to hear about our 90-degree weather this week uh, coming exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the call. <laughs> I kind of had given up, really. Well, Dan, but, uh, we appreciate you calling and listening and being patient and hanging in there. We'll head back to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for calls for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani. We always love to give props to the underwriters that make Animal Radio possible, like Company of Animals. And if you have an anxious dog... Oh, you know, you're not alone. They have what's called the anxiety wrap, and it'll calm your dog's anxiety by gently applying pressure to specific acupressure points on their body and their hind legs. Now, I know you use this. You, I used it on Ladybug. She is afraid of thunderstorms, and we occasionally get them here, and I you know, knew they were coming, and I went ahead and put it on her, and... I can't explain how it works. All it I know does. is it works. That's all That's all I need to know. That's all anybody needs to know. Well, someone's, someone's figured out, and I bet it was Dr. Mugford, figured out wow. all those acupressure points. Where they work. Where they oh. were and made a, a coat for that. So it's the anxiety wow. wrap, and you can learn more over at companyofanimals.us. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, stay or neuter your animals today. This is Animal Radio. Hey Alan, welcome to the show. Yeah, my name is Doc. What's going on, Alan? Yeah, my mom's dog was following my mom yesterday, like vacuuming, and my mom was vacuuming yesterday, and her dog got something in her eye, and the dog died. Like, and the dog died? Oh, in the dog's eye. Oh, in the dog's eye. Yeah, oh, my I, I, gosh. Okay. And so what is the doggy doing right now? The doggy is, like, trying to, like, get something out of the dog's eye. It's not getting out. And okay. my mom is, it... is wondering what should she do to get it out. Okay. So um, he's rubbing at the eye, scratching at the eye? Yeah. Okay. And is he squinting in it and holding it closed? Yeah. All right. The, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that anytime a dog has um, squinting in the eye, that means there's there's pain there. So there's discomfort. So my best recommendation is to get him evaluated by a veterinarian because we want to make sure he doesn't have any kind of abrasion on his eye, um, which would be termed a corneal ulcer. Um, so that's the hard thing. When you have a squinting eye, you can have that from pain of any sort. Um, but an ulcer can be very serious. So we don't want to delay that and um, do home care if we're in that level of discomfort for the eye. Um, now, certainly in the short term, the things I would do um, in any emergency kit for people at home with dogs, when we're talking about eyes, I want some contact saline rinse that you would use for your um, 
your family members that might have contacts. You can use that as an eye irrigating solution to loosen things that might be under the eyelids or any kind of particulates, any kind of dust or anything like that that might be in the eye. That's perfectly safe for dogs to use that. Um, now, that being said, you can also use things like um, artificial tears that are also sold in the contact uh, the contact uh, lens aisle. Um, refresh brand tears is just one of the types of tears that you can put in to help kind of make the eyes feel more comfortable. But that's a short-term thing. If that baby's eye is red, squinting, and we're uncomfortable, you really need to get the baby into the veterinarian, and very likely, we'd want to do something called a corneal stain. And it's a type of a stain technique that we put um, this dye on the eye, and it helps to outline any kind of scratches or ulcers that could be on the surface of the eye. Um, If we have something like that, there's a certain regimen, certain type of treatment that needs to be done. So that's why it's so important to see your vet if we're in that kind of category of things. Um, and definitely, I'd say at this point, you said this is already the day later that the eye is, he's still squinting? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd say, uh, you know, that would definitely be a timeline that I'd, I'd get the baby to the veterinarian. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Ready for our hero? I'm ready. Of course. We welcome Christina Rinaldi to our airwaves. Hi, Christina. How are you doing? Hi. How are you guys doing? We're doing great here in Detroit. Well, things are warming up. Spring's on the way, and uh, things are thawing, but you had kind of a cold winter there, and I understand that you went around saving some dogs. Yes. Um, we did have a really brutal winter, and it is spring, but spring in Detroit can still be winter. I mean, today it's only about 30 degrees. Oh. Kind of, yeah, we're just hitting a warm-up. We had a lot of negative 18, negative 20-degree days, which really took a toll on a lot of the dogs out here that we've been working with. Do a lot of people and owners leave their dogs out, or are the dogs that you're finding mostly strays and homeless? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, actually a lot of both. Um, you know, we work really hard with the community to try and teach them proper pet ownership. We do run into a lot of cases of dogs chained up outside in these brutal temperatures. Um, but also the stray dog problem that we have here in Detroit is estimated in the thousands and tens of thousands. Nobody's been really able to gauge and get a real number. Um, but, you know, it's been estimated in 2011 at 50,000, and then some people said it was 10,000, some people said it was 3,000. So we have no shortage of stray dogs here um, that we pick up all the time. And, you know, we get the worst of the worst cases, you know, gunshot wounds and dogs that come from homicides and things like that. Uh, we work really close with municipalities to uh, get the drug raid dogs and the dog fighting dogs. So we have no shortage here of dogs in the city of Detroit. You were talking about, you were called to a drug raid the other night. I guess the dogs that you find at these drug raids, can they be adopted? Absolutely. You know, a lot of, you'll see some of these dealers in Detroit with these beefed up pit bulls Uh on, on tow chains, you know, and they just have the gnarliest look to them. 
Yep. And it's so strange because we go into these drug raids and these dogs sometimes are some of the nicest dogs. <laughs> so it's it's almost funny, but, you know, they love humans. Sometimes they will have a little dog aggression because they've been abused or, you know, they've tried to fight dogs, things like that. But usually we laugh because the dogs that we get from these homicides or these dogs that we get from the drug raids are sometimes the nicest dogs out of all of the dogs that we rescue. So they do make great pets. <laughs> How funny. Well, you're doing great work. I'll give out the website. It's DetroitDogRescue.com. Of course, these guys are yeah. uh, 501c3, so they can use your help. And especially, I, I always say give locally. So if you're listening in the surrounding areas there, give locally to an organization like this that's out on the streets battling it in the cold and overnight and in uh, situations that you wouldn't want to find yourself in. Christina, thank you so much for being our hero this week and all of you over there at Detroit Dog Rescue. Thank you guys so much for having us. We'll head back to the phones for your calls in just a second. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or for Dog Father Joey Volani. And did you know you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android? It's a free download thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. Just as Steve Worsley has done, he's written a note to Dr. Debbie. He says he has a two-year-old Maltipoo. He got his shots on Saturday. Two days later, he saw a lump where he got his rabies shots. Wants to know what he can do to make the swelling go down. He said he can call the doctor or just wants to know, is this normal? And then he has a couple of follow-up questions. He wants to know, is it okay for me to question the vet? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and he wants to know, additionally, is four shots and a spray in the nose too much for a smaller dog? Because I believe that's how you get the uh, rabies now, is up the nose is kind of a uh, an inhalant. It's not necessarily an injection. I don't know. I think he's referring to the Bordetella. Oh, Bordetella. Which is, okay. tends to be intranasal in dogs. Yeah. And, and his third question before I let you answer. Oh, golly. <laughs> As you've been a vet... Do you think he will look at me different since I question him? And he's talking about oh, questioning his own vet. His will own his vet, vet look at him differently? Okay. All right. Well, the first part of that question there, um, it is not at all uncommon right after vaccinations for a dog or cat to have a lump at the site of the injection. And this can occur sometimes a couple days. Sometimes it'll be a couple weeks. But um, as long as it's not painful, they're not red, uh, tender to the touch, um, and as long as it regresses with time, so meaning you know after the one to four weeks it's going down, then it's not a concern, and it's actually what we term a localized vaccine reaction. Um, and it's just a sign that the immune system's responding to that vaccine. So um, I do sometimes see problems specific with a lot of the soft-coated dogs, like the Maltese or the Poodle, where they can have a little bit more of actually hair loss um, at the site of commonly the rabies vaccine. So there's oodles of these little dogs running around with hairless spots on their right thigh, because <laughs> that's typically where um, the rabies vaccination is commonly given. Um, and if that happens, it's not serious. Um, the hair does not grow back. It's just slightly so it's um you know kind of common with mm-hmm. that now in cats is always a little different so if we have a, a lump that persists after a vaccination in a cat we do take that seriously and anything really um you know two to four weeks after the time i'd like to have that followed up and, and sampled um so gosh where else we go here with that um uh, com- uh, the number of vaccinations it depends on your pet so uh, sounds like his dog probably had a, three components and then an intranasal vaccination oh, and okay. as long as 
as long as we haven't had a history of a problem or any other immune dysfunction, it's typically common to give those. And, uh, you know, this might be a situation where we address that now and say, you know, maybe for his dog's sake, we wouldn't want to give all the shots in one visit, separate them out just to kind of minimize the vaccine load and to, you know, better monitor for any kind of side effects that could come up. Mm. But it's not wrong. And, and I don't think it's wrong to question your vet. Um you know, I think, you know, being informed and showing that you care and you want to be proactive is more preferable. And I would rather uh, my clients say, hey, doc, you know, what can I do or how can I help? Or um, I-, I like that. And that means we've got a good teamwork approach. So uh, a veterinarian that shares that kind of thought process, we won't feel threatened um, or think any less of you. And you're not um, offended no, if they question no. what you're doing. No. Now, if you came in and said, doc, I think you're full of... <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, what you're doing to my dog. Yeah, maybe that would be a little different approach. But if it's, you know, just just being concerned and questioning is not a problem. And uh, most veterinarians would respond very, I think, positively to that. It, it just means that, hey, maybe I need to back up a little bit and explain things. Because there's a lot of things that are just inherently understood in my mind. And if I don't know, my client doesn't understand that unless they say, you know, what are you talking about? And why did this happen? Oh, okay, let me explain how this came to happen why it is going on and and, you know i think that just means you just need a little bit more clarification and education in that situation yeah i questioned my vet and if he was offended and didn't like it i'd go elsewhere yeah there you go uh if you have a question for dr debbie you can call her directly at 1-866-405-8405 same goes for joey villani the dog father or you can ask directly from the animal radio app for iphone and android it's a free download why not download it right now Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Write that down. Put it on your refrigerator so whenever you have a question about your pet, you're in easy access to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And by the way, you can also download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and you can ask your questions right from the app, too, as well as listen to the show. Thanks to those folks at Doctors Foster and Smith. It's a free download. It is our new pet product show today. In fact, it's one of five, the first of five. And in just a few minutes, we'll talk to a creator of a, a really kind of a reinvention of the wheel, is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> it's, a, it's an invention. It's a... Something for your cat. That's the product, a tease. Yeah, it's been, it's been around for forever, cat. but it's just a new twist on it. Also this hour, the pet CSI. This is what I'm really waiting for. This lady, she uh, takes forensic evidence from animals and crime scenes, and she matches them together to usually nab the bad guys. And she has yeah. some pretty good stories about some bad guys. Apparently, you said that she's put away 500 people in the yes. last 15 years with evidence. From pets. Holy This includes, moly. you know, Dog poop, urine, hair. And Dr. Debbie, you thought you had fun every day when you show up at work. <laughs> you know what? I'm so jealous because, like, what a great way to combine just, you know, scientific investigation with, you know, veterinary, everyday veterinary stuff. That's cool. This is something that's right up your alley. In fact, if you it were is. a veterinarian, yeah. this is something you would probably accept. I would, I would love to do that. And I think I would love to 
nail some people in my neighborhood for some of their <laughs> dog's feces being deposited repeatedly in certain areas. Uh, I'm sure she's getting bigger fish than that, but, you know. And she is, but I, I will tell you that uh, there are cities where some complexes, uh, oh, yeah, par- apartment complexes and condo complexes, they'll take a DNA sample of your dog's poop when you move in, and then... If they find any on the on the lawn or the yard or the grounds, they'll match it to see who belongs to it, and they'll get fined or kicked out of the homeowners association. Yep. Well, I think that's a great idea because you know I've been blamed in my neighborhood for a dog <laughs> causing a problem, and the reason was is because they knew I had a dog. They, they didn't even know it was my dog. It was just, hey, yeah, we know you have a dog or two. So did your dog attack someone? I'm like, no, it wasn't even my breed of dog. But, you know, so I think this would be a great way to keep people on the up and up and make sure they're being responsible. Very good. Very good. Okay. Also this hour, Tam is going to tell us a story about what they're doing in Japan. They're renting dogs now so that you can just uh, rent a dog for the day. No? I don't like that idea. You don't like that idea? No, they tried that here in the U.S. I think that just opens up too many can of worms. It's not good for the dog. I will tell you, though, Japan's a different animal, so to speak, because it's a lot more, it's it's different. A lot of people can't have dogs simply because of space. Yeah. They have cat cafes and dog cafes there where you go and you pet the animals and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. See, I I think that's okay because a pet's in one place and you got one person taking care of it. You have a rent a pet, go walk a pet. People are feeding it all different kinds of food. It's in Introducing it to all different kinds of diseases, and and I think if they're kept like in a cafe where one person is in charge of their health, I think it's better. Oh, but what's what's so different if you say if the pet is shared between two or three people, it could be the same as you know a dog visiting a split home, um, yeah. going from one household to the next. So if there's a number limit on it, I think it wouldn't necessarily be too stressful. But I, I, that's a great point, Judy. Is we have to be consistent for the yeah. pet's sake. I mean, this dog could be seen by twenty people in one week. Yeah, that's too much. Huh. Well, there you go. I, I thought about it this <laughs> this way, but uh, Tammy will be reporting on that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Hey, Fran, how are you doing? Hello. Hi, this is Fran. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Carlsbad, California. Carlsbad, California. That's, you know, that's down by uh, San Diego, San right? San Diego, right. Great. Right. Well, I have uh, the whole team here. How can we help you? Uh, I have a cat that's just nasty to everybody. Um, I got her when she was a kitten. She's already eight years old. She only likes me. She hisses at everybody else. She lives in a closet. She has basically a mohawk. The um, the vet said and did tests that she licks herself, but yet I never see her licking herself. So I don't know if it's that she's so neurotic that she licks herself that, you know, she has fur gone all the way on the side of her body. Okay. And I have, my son has a cat who's coming in and I just have tried to, to put them together and uh, my cat just hisses and that's just, I'm afraid for the other cat, so I don't think I can do that. I don't know what what recommendations you have. Okay, so I take it she's kind of always lived in this arrangement where that's kind of where she prefers to be? She loves the closet, yeah. The only person she comes out to see is me. And currently, are there other kitties in the the home? In the middle of the night, she'll jump up on the bed just to wake me up, so I go into my son's room. My husband gets pretty annoyed, but I I don't want to wake him up, so I go and sleep in my son's room where she sleeps with me. She She won't sleep with me on the bed. With my husband. Okay. Okay. And then are there uh, currently other pets or cats in the home right now? No, no, no. All righty. And, and was she um, a rescue or was she a feral cat by any chance? You no, know, I have no idea. I got her as a kitten, but I got her at a, you know, at a shelter. So, I mean, I, I don't, eight years ago, I mean, I didn't ask where to get the kitten. You know, we okay. went with my son who was, who was 10 at the time. You know, he's now in college. So he went off and to college and lives on his own and got a cat because he wanted a normal cat. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> this cat's just not normal. I mean, she's really nasty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it does sound like... She's non-socialized. And I really don't think that we did anything to make her this way. I really believe this is like who she is. Well, and, and that's... I'm going to back you up on that because um, I have personally had a cat that I affectionately called the cat from hell. <laughs> yeah, um, my, my, go- my goddaughter said she's... She's a crazy cat. Well, and when we look at things in the cat's perspective, uh, some cats are more sensitive to household uh, changes, schedules, um, rhythms. And and I have some cat patients that do live either in their own bedroom while the rest of the household, including pets and people, live in another room. And at this point in time, not that it's impossible to acclimate her, but my expectations would be a lot lower because this has been her personality kind of from the get-go. Yeah. Um, like, so it depends on what our goals are. The goals to like- introduce her to another cat, I would probably say not without getting a behaviorist involved. You're probably going to have much success with that gamut. Yeah, um, I can't even there- get her to change with just us two. I mean, my husband's done what we just told, get on the ground, try to be, you know, try to talk softly. She just raises her back and, and as soon as, she, you know, she can sit on my lap and if I touch her the wrong way, she'll hiss at me. Okay. So a couple things, you know, if she's chewing herself up and losing hair uh, to that degree where she's only got a small amount of hair on her, on the top of her body, um, there's something going on. And at some point we're going to need to see about, you know, getting her to a vet. So if, is that a difficulty that you can collect her and put her in a carrier or is that not possible? Yeah. Well, I've done that and my vet just, we, we gave her, um, Prozac, which didn't seem to help at all. <laughs> To that degree, I would agree that I I would really want to look into things more medical um, in nature to cause not just her behavior change, or her behavior, but um, also her skin. And a, a pet that is chronically in discomfort, whether it's itchiness, scratching, pain, or something else bothering them, their personality is going to be altered. So that may cross over, but I think it would take a little bit of looking because the things that we look at when we see hair loss in a cat to that degree may be things along the allergy line, whether they're food-related allergies. Um, inhalant allergies. We may talk about getting a biopsy of the skin just because we've got a kitty that we maybe want to do things quickly and get some skin samples. And then lab work, um, definitely. Uh, so I've had cats with kidney stones chew their belly, you know, all sorts of abdominal discomfort that will cause them to uh, lose hair on the sides of their body. So for me, I would definitely want to give your kitty the best medical evaluation that we could just to check those things out. And then if we're trying to look at things to make her life more comfortable, um, some of the steps as far as, yes, you know, talking to her softly, but I, we need to use food as a reward. So um, she would be a kitty. I wouldn't typically like just leave the food out for her to nibble. I would make sure it's presented by a human, whether it's you or your husband, and try to use that as a tool to make the approaching human of some benefit to her. And um, only put out enough food that she could eat at one sitting. And then um, and that's kind of partially how your interactions with her are geared, whether it's you or your husband. Yeah, or you know. yeah. okay. And uh, not that I'm looking to starve your kitty but i want to make sure we're you know not leaving her leaving her wanting more basically and then you know and that that way you can also use treats as a kind of over the top um, way to get her to really be at all i can shine the light she doesn't go anywhere near near it i can wave around any cat toy she looks at me like i'm the idiot for waving around (laughs) like what are you doing waving the cat toy around 
she is not interested in anything. And, you know, if she gets a medical clearance and we don't find anything wrong medically, there's other things besides Prozac that we can use. There's some um, nice um, behavioral uh, kind of uh, natural remedies we can use. Um, some contain theanine, which is a component in um, a green tea ex- extract, believe it or not. Um, there's also some milk protein extracts that can be helpful I for... Those. I would love to get those names from you or that, that stuff. So some of those natural products, the one containing the milk protein is uh, called Zilkine, and I believe it's Z-Y-L-K-E-N-E. My spelling may be off there. Um, the one containing L-theanine, which is an amino acid, is um, Composure is one brand name. Um, and... Uh, the other brand name is escaping my mind right now. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> have to forgive me on that one. Um, that's Anxitane, A-N-X-I-T-A-N-E. But those are some natural things you can use. And then, you know, sometimes I'll pull out other behavior medicines because there are definitely some that uh, might have better benefit for her in certain situations. So um, if your vet's comfortable with that and game with that, otherwise, I, you know, I'd see about getting a, a cat behaviorist in and see if we can right. work on the, the problem on site. Fran, I hope that helps you out. Let us know. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 is the number to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Volani. Be sure to check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, and they're available over at Kindle, as a Kindle, on Amazon. I'll just go to the link at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. (laughs) Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. Dogs fulfill our practical and emotional needs in a thousand ways, and we can return the favor. Voice is a way for you to fulfill that promise. You can help your dogs reach their potential and live their best, longest, healthiest life. Voice is more than just an activity tracker or cloud-based data that you and your vet can access. Vet not only helps detect illness, but help to prevent it. It's a shared experience that deepens your connection to your dog. Voice. Understand your dog like never before. Like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard hard cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a 100-year-old orchard. It takes two apples to make each bottle of Angry Orchard. So raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass. Angry Orchard, when you're looking for something a little different, crisp, refreshing, and not too sweet, just like me. Angry Orchard hard cider. Branch out. Angry Orchard Cider Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Would you wait several days for your shower to get hot? Would you wait several days to feel the full effect of relief from your nasal congestion? Flonase Allergy Relief Nasal Spray could take that long. Ugh. But if you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds uh. and keeps working for 12 hours. So why wait several days to feel the full effect? Uh-uh. When you can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin. Uh. Afrin. Powerful congestion relief without the weight. Use as directed. 
Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay and to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio's new pet product special. For the next five weeks, we are featuring the latest cutting-edge pet products and technology. And actually, we're kicking off with something that's, uh, yeah, you might say, is cutting-edge, but it's really a reinvention of the wheel, is what I think has happened here. And we have Glenn Jessup joining us. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I have uh, cats and dogs that are very <laughs> excited about what you have. You have Kitty Cush. It's catnip. Now, there's lots of catnip out there, but this is kind of special catnip. Please tell listeners why. Yeah, a different spin on uh, a product that um, I guess in the market already. Um, when you look at catnip, you see a lot of it kind of in the little dime bags and, and tubs, and we wanted to find a, a new and interesting way to deliver it. So we've, uh, we've taken catnip pellets. Uh, all natural from Canada. Put them in a grinder and allows you to uh, to distribute it that way. Just like always a pepper fresh. grinder. That's it. Always fresh, no mess. Uh, very, very fresh. It couldn't get much fresher unless you grew it yourself, right? True, true. Yeah, like I said, all all the way from Canada and uh, no additives. You grind it. A lot of times with catnip, you need to pinch it to release the nepleptones and the natural oils. Uh-huh. So by being able to grind it, uh, you get that freshness. Grinding some right now. Yes, he is. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you got to get that. It really does. I only did a little bit, but it smells really, really, really good. And, ooh, look at Ladybug. Ladybug. I, know. I, I, I didn't think dogs like catnip, but they do, apparently. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I, have you heard any stories like that? Because our dog just rolls, is rolling in it right now. But, oh, and here come the cats. Uh, well, you know, over. catnip can cause dogs to actually be, instead of excited, it can kind of sedate them. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, typical cats will get all kind of excited, rolling, huh. almost like they're in heat. Some will become fe- affectionate. Well, you know, she, she, she'll chew on a, a, a cat toy that's stuffed with catnip in her eyes, just kind of glaze over, and she's just chewing and chewing and chewing she's like a she's in a trance. Well, this is a, a great idea. Was it a happy hour idea? Uh, kind of, yeah. My business partner and I had uh, long careers in the corporate world, and we just started uh, looking at ways to, to create some new products in the, in the pet industry. The corporate world, what did you do in the corporate world? Yeah, I worked, uh, I don't want to live the uh, cliche, but I was in beer, uh, in marketing for almost 14 years. With beer. A, a group up here, yeah, Slayman Breweries. My partner was in packaging um, for almost the same time. We were taking a sabbatical and we thought, hey, what a good partnership. Let's see if we can come up with a few new inventions. Well, it is a great new way to distribute catnip. Oh, and awesome. I am going, it's one of our top five picks of new pet products for 2015. I'm going to give away a bottle right now at 1-866-405-8405. Kitty Kush Catnip. Look for it in what looks like a uh, pepper grinder. And you know, my cats have also now, all, it hasn't taken them much time. They've gotten used to the sound. They know when I pick it up, they can hear it. <laughs> You yes. got that going. Yeah, they know the, what it is now. A bit of a ceremony there. We say shake, grind, purr. So <laughs> just like a street pouch where you can hear you shaking it, they'll, they'll come running. And it's uh, it's naturally grown in Canada, man. It's it's where they grow the best of the catnip. <laughs> We're talking catnip here, Hal. <laughs> so what kind of new products do you have on the horizon? Anything you can let us know? What's after this? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're working on a couple things. Um I can't give away the, the big secret, but I can tell you it's six foot tall with lasers. So. Oh, <laughs> wow. Hopefully that piques your interest. It does. Keep, yeah. keep in touch yeah. with us, will you? 
Yeah, definitely. definitely. There you go. Glenn Jessup joining us with uh, Kitty Cush Catnip, our pick for the week. Our pick for the week. <laughs> Let's uh, head on over to uh, the phones. We have Monique on the phones. Hi, Monique. How are you doing? Oh, did I hit this? I guess i got to hit this one on over here. got to hit this button okay. on. Hey, Monique. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Los Osos. Los Osos, California. California. Yeah. Right down uh, the street from us. Okay. So what's going on? Yeah. How can we help you? My question is this. Can cats get the common cold, and then can they pass it on to my other cats? That's a good question. It is a great question. Now, if we're talking about a human cold, no, they cannot. No, uh, I'm but, talking but, about a cat cold. Yes, absolutely. Cats definitely have uh, a whole gamut of usually viruses and sometimes bacterial infections. But for your typical sneezy cat um, that's having congestion problems, uh, most cases it's attributed to a virus. Um, and it's specifically herpes virus and Khaleesi virus. And in fact, 90% of the time, it's one of those two agents. So they can pass that readily from one cat to another. Um, and... Uh, Sometimes you can have a chronic problem in a household where a cat can be a carrier for an infection. And when there's stress or some kind of bodily change, household uh, event, it can bring out um, this latent infection, kind of like a person with a cold sore that comes out when you're stressed. Um, You have one sneezing cat. If you have more cats, then they they can actually uh, pass that amongst each other. So, uh, And I know, Helen, Judy, you guys have been through this with your feline household as well. Everybody (laughs) got it with the start of one. Mm. Yeah. Is it eight to ten days? Yeah, it typically can be, yeah. Similar to a human cold is that we may see symptoms for a week to maybe three weeks on the long side. Um, And usually we'll see sneezing. We can see uh, runny eyes, eye and nose discharge. Sometimes they'll run a fever. Um, And if we have symptoms of a fever, it can be a cat that doesn't want to eat or that's a little bit more lethargic. Um, so uh, yeah, in, in most cases, if we have a suspected viral infection, you know, there are some supportive steps that we can do, make sure they're well hydrated. Um, there are things like lysine, um, which is a supplement that can help with herpes virus infections and that we can give in treat form or in paste form to cats to help speed their recovery. Um, usually we don't pull out antibiotics because if we suspect virus, uh, it's really not going to do anything than breed right. superbugs out there. So um, we look at things like uh, moist, humid air can be helpful. Um, sometimes with more chronic problems, we use things like interferon um, or antibiotics if there's you know a secondary infection only. So, okay, so just yeah. wait it out. Yeah, as long as everyone's eating and it's relatively mild in nature, then it's not necessarily anything you have to um, worry about. But there are some cats that, you know, start off this way. And I usually tell people, oh, did you have a kitty when you first got them when they were young that had sniffling, coughing, eye, nose discharge when they were just a wee kitten? And if they say, yeah, we did, but he got over it and he's now six years old. Um, but now I have all my cats sneezing. And it's because potentially um, cats can, you know, harbor that virus virus and it can come out later in time if there's say a move to a new home a cat has say a surgery um, some medications can uh, weaken the immune system and that can come out as well one 405 is the number to reach out to the dream team now i just uh realized that we're going to be talking about this in a couple of seconds uh, on the news if you kiss your dogs or you let them kiss you that's not supposed to be good dr becker is always saying you could get some zoonotic disease now they're saying that maybe the kiss is good and that there are some probiotic effects to it i don't know if this is true or not but tammy will be reporting on that in just a second 
Come here, little doggy. Give me a kiss. So that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks at Stella and Chewy's. I've told you many, many times, I hope you've had a chance to check out their new intro pack, the Chewy's Chicken Dinner, the Simply Venison, the Stella Super Beef, the Duck Duck Goose, or the Phenomenal Pheasant. These little eight and a half ounce packages give your dog a little bit of variety. Plus, you can see which one they like the best. They may like one better. We we tried them all on Ladybug just to see which one she liked. She liked them all. I, she didn't have a preference. So They're all just, good. Yes. We just rotate it, and of course, it is the official food of Ladybug. The studio stud dog. Void we're prohibited. In color, we're available. <laughs> Use at your own discretion. May may see signs of warts and. Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget to stay and neuter. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Finally, after several studies saying that kissing your dog could expose you to some unhealthy things, comes a study that says go ahead and kiss that dog. This study was done at the University of Arizona, and researchers think that the microbes contained in a dog's gut could have a probiotic effect on the human body, encouraging the growth of positive microorganisms. They're now getting ready to start trials to prove out their theory. They actually think that all the interaction through the centuries between people and dogs may have caused something mutually beneficial to happen. The study is being conducted under the university's new Human-Animal Interaction Research Initiative. It works to bring researchers from different areas of expertise together to explore the mutual benefits of human-animal relationships. Well, this story, I love this one. Nearly 100 dogs are now getting used to having a future. They arrived in California's Bay Area a couple of weeks ago, saved from an unspeakable fate in South Korea. They were rescued from a dog meat farm by the Humane Society International, which then shut down the farm and got the owner to start planting crops instead of raising dogs. HSI is also working with other dog farmers who to agree to get out of the dog meat trade permanently and transition into trades like crop growing. This first group of rescued dogs have been evaluated and treated for any medical issues. They are now with various shelters and available for adoption and a chance to start their new lives. Having a pet, it is a big responsibility. We all know that. Some people don't have the time needed to devote to a pet. Other people may live in a small apartment or not have a backyard. But they still would love to have a pet. So in Tokyo, they've come up with a really cool idea here. It's called Dog Heart. And you can actually rent a dog for a few hours. You can just hang out at their facility and pat the dog or take the dog out for a walk around the neighborhood or maybe to the park. Doesn't cost much. A half hour of playtime runs about $8 American. Taking the dog for a walk for an hour runs about $30. And it's becoming really popular. But the Japanese Coalition for Animal Welfare has some concerns. It says the animals could suffer stress from being handed off from person to person. The owner of the company, though, says the animals are selected primarily for how friendly they are and how much they like to interact with people. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. This is Animal Radio, baby. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. Do it now. It's always nice to have that access to, uh, you know, someone, an expert who can answer your questions anytime. And that app is the answer for that. Uh, let's see. We're going to head on. This is this is what I've been waiting for the whole show. I, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, when uh, Judy first brought this to me, I said, this is so cool. We're going to talk to a pet CSI who uses dog and cat DNA to nab the bad guys. And we welcome to the show. She's written this really big title. Uh, her title is Director and Quality Manager at the Veterinary Genetics Laboratory Forensic Unit. And her name is Christina Lindquist. Welcome, Christina. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Splendid. So you use DNA from dogs and cats, and there's a story that was, there's actually a bunch of stories in this uh, press release that I have about you, but one that I wanted to talk about was uh, the three carpenters that were uh, executed, uh, shot execution Mm -hmm. style during an armed robbery, and then less than two years later, the trigger man was found guilty in all three counts of murder and sentenced to life in prison, and that the fact that, at least in part by the dog's droppings, he had stepped in during the commission of the crime, you were able to tie together him and the crime. Yes, that's right. Does that happen frequently? Um, I, I don't know if frequently is the right term, but it, it, it does happen more than people realize. We live with animals so closely every day that there's there's hairs that transfer, there's all sorts of things that, that can, can be useful in a pursuit of a prosecution. So in this case, it happened to be the, the feces that the suspect stepped in. I gather you were called to the crime scene when it happened? Uh, we actually don't go to crime scene. Okay. Um, the, the investigators there were able to, to think out of the box and gather some of the feces from the crime scene, and they actually were able to, I believe it was the girlfriend's residence that they found the shoes in. They were able to execute a search warrant there and obtain the shoes, um, and then those were sent to us at our laboratory in California. So we're strictly a DNA laboratory. We don't do any crime scene. So is dog feces like fingerprints that they're, they're not identical? You won't find the same DNA in different dogs, even if they're siblings? Uh, well, uh, all, all animals, all humans, all dogs, all elephants are um, have, have DNA, and it's a, a blueprint, and it's individual to uh, the, 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 the individual. Wow. And uh, so the, the feces has a little bit of uh, skin cells on it. 
and mm-hmm. the feces itself doesn't have any DNA in it at all. It's all the shed cells from when uh, mm-hmm. the, wow. the, the poop is coming out. And uh, so what we're able to do is extract DNA from those shed cells that are on the poop and uh, get the individual profile from that, and that will match an individual animal, even if they're siblings. Tell us one of these other stories. Well, one of the other stories was of a... Um, there was a uh, sexual assault that happened in Iowa. This was actually one of the first uh, incidents of uh, our laboratory getting involved in veterinary forensics. The victim couldn't posit- positively identify her assailant, but the, the dog had lifted his leg during the uh, during the crime. She happened to remember that, oh, and yeah. so investigators were able to um, swab the tire of the truck, and we were able to get. Again, this is a shed skin cell. There's no cells oh, in urine. God. Uh, but they were, we were able to to get that cell, and it um, it matched the uh, the her the victim's dog. The dog peed on the perpetrator's truck <laughs> tires. Yeah. and you mm-hmm. were wow. That placed the guy That's at so the cool. scene. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I love that. So I guess there really is a whole. I mean, a whole industry, not a whole. I mean, this is a career. To to have a job like this, you're probably full time all over the country. I imagine, huh? Well, we get, we get cases from all over the country. Yeah, we even we have to, had some international cases. We've done a couple of cases from Canada and uh, from uh, New Zealand and from uh, the UK. Um, we're one of the uh, we're, we're the only accredited crime lab in the U.S. to do domesticated animal species. Um, there are quite a few other crime labs that do different wildlife species. Uh, but we're the only ones for domesticated animals, so we're kind of the go-to facility for this kind of testing. Well, what a shame that people are including their pets now in their crimes. You know, they're the uh, the unlikely uh, com- uh, accomplices here. <laughs> yeah, the, it's often the, the animal is only the witness. Uh, the, I mean, we get all sorts of cases. We get animals as perpetrators in crimes. We get animals as witnesses and animals as victims. Um, but in these cases where it kind of cross-sects with uh, human human crimes. They're often just the witness. They just happen to have been there or left some piece of uh, their biological identity at the scene. And it, it's really a, a tribute to the investigators that they, they've been picking up on that and sampling those, those items of evidence. For a long time, there was this, kind of this disconnect that, well, humans have DNA, but a lot of people didn't think, well, animals do too. And that, that's individualization. That we can we can use that to answer some really important questions. Yeah. Has Universal called yet to uh, option for a film or a movie? A TV series? <laughs> TV no. series. Pet, pet CSI. That's what I'm telling you. It's pretty great. Well, very good. You've, uh, you've uh, really, I didn't, I didn't even know this existed. And I learned so much on this show. That's why I show up every week. Christina Lindquist, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good one. Wow, that is uh, interesting there. The director and quality manager at the Veterinary Genetics Laboratory Forensic Unit. And I bet when she was six years old that this is not what she thought she'd be doing. No. You know, and I just saw a note that in the last 15 years that they put away about 500 bad guys by using this technology. That is truly, truly amazing. Wow. And what's really cool is, you know, veterinary, I have three textbooks on veterinary forensics, but it's usually used a lot in animal cruelty investigations. Uh Um, So this is a different twist. Okay, well, let's head back to the phones toll free. 1-866-405-84405 for your calls for Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Volani. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to stay and neuter your pets. I would like to personally thank Voice for underwriting Animal Radio. If you haven't seen it yet, it's the wearable band that monitors your dog's key health indicators, including the resting heart rate, the breathing rate, activity, and you could get exclusive content from experts on health, nutrition, training, and behavior. Give your dog a voice. Learn more at mydogsvoice.com. That's mydogsvoice.com. Hi, Jane. Hello, how are you? Good. I understand you have a question for Joey Volani, the dog father. This is actually uh, more dealing with a elderly dog that the coat sometimes, well, as they get older, their coat changes, and it's so hard to groom them. So I had a question for Joey as far as what his suggestions might be. What, what kind of dog is it? Uh, this is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Great, great temperament dog. And how oh, old is he? Oh, are she? dogs. Uh, she's about 14. Okay, and, and is the grooming that you're talking about, is this grooming that you're doing at home, or is this um, you know, grooming, grooming um, by your professional groomer? Home. Yeah, it's grooming that we're doing at home. What you can do is, is a lot of times by stimulating the coat. Now, you're probably never going to get it back to where it was, because it's, 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 it's like an older person as well. I mean, the same right. thing happens where, you know, coat starts to thin or hair starts to thin on a person. But what you can do is, is the method that's called carding. Now, carding is a deep de-shedding. So what you want to do is you got to bring that top coat back. So the method of carding is you'll go to your local pet shop and ask them for a Furminator. Okay. A Furminator. I'm familiar with those. Are you familiar with them? Okay, great. Yes. And what I would do is I would start using that on your dog's coat. And okay. what it's going to do is it's going to start removing the coat that needs to come out to make way for healthy hair growth. Okay, that should work. If you if you did that a couple of days a week, you should start noticing some thicker coat coming in. But right. then again, it really all depends on 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 the dog itself. Um, you know yeah. how healthy the pet is, how healthy the coat is, right. and how far gone it might already be. But right. that should you know that that should make a difference. Otherwise, you know what, you're gonna have to stick with the sweaters, unfortunately. You know, you want you always want your pet to be the best that they can be, mm. and you know, you want you want to do whatever you can to make them comfortable and whatever. So. Well, it sounds like your dog is uh, has a is a real lucky dog, kind of spoiled, actually. <laughs> well, this is actually my friend's dog, but I feel like it's partly my dog too. I've known her for like forever. Jane, I appreciate your call today. Hopefully, we've helped you a little bit. If you have any follow up questions, be sure to call one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's toll free, or you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's a free. Hi, this is Steve Garvey on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. We welcome another station to the Animal Radio Network, WWSX in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Rehoboth Beach. I found it on a map, and I think that's how you say it, pretty much. I wouldn't know how. If I'm messing it up, please feel free to call from Rehoboth and tell me how you pronounce (laughs) Rehoboth. We're going to talk to ecologist Chris Morgan. In fact, I believe Chris is joining us right now. Hi, Chris. 
Hey, guys. How's it going? Very good. For those that don't know, Chris is the host of Nature's Animal Heroes. Animal Homes. Animal Homes. I'm sorry. We're doing the heroes. You know what? I'll tell you what it is, is my glasses. Uh, there's a little something on my glasses, so I can't. Do you buy that? No, you don't buy that. <laughs> it's It's Nature's Animal Homes, and what they do is... You go on the show, you deconstruct a variety of uh, dwellings that the animals have. That's pretty much it. And they do end up being kind of animal heroes, actually. <laughs> you know, you go in expecting one thing, and in every location with every animal that we filmed, you come out realizing something else. You know, they're incredibly, uh, what's the word, resourceful, all of these animals. We filmed everything from hummingbirds to beavers to bears and uh, black kites in Spain and uh, ravens. Uh, leaf cutter ants in Costa Rica, and even right down to the the wood rat or the pack rat, that a lot of people a lot of people call it. You know, these pack rats create these nests that are way bigger than you would expect a pack rat sized animal to be. But they'll pull in all kinds of different things, shiny objects especially. They love just building large nests and sort of adorning them with shiny objects. And a lot of birds do the same thing. And so yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Really, it goes way beyond just being a. A, a practical home to give birth in or lay eggs in. Sometimes it really is something that is quite intricate. Do they build their homes to attract mates? In some cases, they they absolutely do that. And there was a really there's a really great story in the series. Uh, um, I think it's in episode yeah it's in episode three. So we flew to France, the French Mediterranean. I guess somebody has to right, and we went diving <laughs> to find this male oscillated wrasse, which is a small fish about the size of the palm of your hand. The create that builds this nest to attract females. And it's, you know, you would swim right past it, you know, if you were just diving and not looking for this thing. But we were with a biologist that was studying this species. And this male fish builds a nest out of algae to try and impress females. And the females all sort of line up and look. And as soon as one female dives in to lay her eggs, he fertilizes them. And then the other females kind of think, well, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so they all go in and lay their eggs, and he fertilizes them. But then the plot thickens. It becomes this sort of underwater uh, soap opera kind of thing, you know, where... This guy ends up, you know, if he's not very good at building a nest, he might need to attract more females. So he takes on a male body to do it. So he takes on this satellite male who brings in more females. And so he enters the fray and he will fertilize some of the eggs, even though it's not his nest. But the guy who's yeah. built the nest is fine with it because this, this friend of his is now attracting additional females. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a wingman. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, there's one other guy that comes in. He's called a sneaky male. So the sneaky male enters the fray. He's not cooperating with anybody. He's just fertilizing a few of the eggs whenever the other two males' backs are turned, you know. So it's like an episode of Sopranos underwater uncovering, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find that similar nests are built or similar abodes are, if one type of animal builds the same type of abode, or do you have that one guy that has to go above and beyond and build it twice as big, twice as night, and has to stick out in the neighborhood, the show-off one? That's a really good question. Definitely the case with some of these males that build nests to attract females. You know, the further, if you go above and beyond, you're going to stand out, and, and, it, and it really helps. You know, I mean, perhaps we all have experiences like that with uh, yes. <laughs> trying to attract a mate. But, yes, absolutely some of those things stood out. There's a really nice sequence at the beginning of the show with um, uh, ospreys building a nest, and this one osprey comes back after a giant storm, and his nest is completely evaporated and disintegrated since the previous year, so he has to start from scratch again. It ends up creating a nest that is really quite, uh, uh, really quite a draw for the females, and it works out quite well for him. But yeah, and, and right down to the size of a, 
a hummingbird nest, you know. I mean, they will adorn their nests with little bits of moss and twigs and lichen, and it almost does feel like they're just doing it for the decorative show. Um, and these nests are just perfect, perfect miniatures. I could fit my index finger into the middle of a, of a hummingbird nest, and that is large enough to accommodate two of its baked bean-sized eggs. I mean, just beautiful structures, all woven together with spider silk. I mean, it's like something from a nursery rhyme. There are three episodes. Is that it, pretty much? Three episodes? Three episodes, yeah, on, on, uh, uh, on PBS Nature. So that's Wednesday evenings and 8 o'clock in most locations, but people should check their local listings. And, yeah, and each location, we, we, there are about over 25 different locations, and so lots of different species, birds, mammals, insects. Leafcutter ants in Costa Rica were kind of mind-blowing as well. I mean, yeah, it's a really entertaining series because it delves into not just how animals build their homes, but why they build them and where they build them and how they utilize all the local resources, you know, so it's, it's, it's each one of these animals offers a, a great story. And it, it, what I love about it as an ecologist is figuring that out is why have they built it there and what has attracted them to this location? And sure. Location, location, location. Location, location, location. That's right. You know, I actually coined that term. It was... You no, did. You I did. did. It, it was location, 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 location. And then I thought I'd just cut it back cut to it three back. just... Uh-huh. to abbreviate it uh-huh. and so I now everybody's using it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well if you can imagine hgtv and animal planet getting together and mating this is what you got <laughs> nature's animal homes house hunters for animals deconstructing a variety of diy do-it-yourself dwellings wednesday april 8th 15th and the 22nd on pbs it starts at 8 p.m eastern check your local listings and i just want a quick question do you have any animals that come and steal other animals nests and homes and take it on themselves oh yes it, it does happen fairly frequently especially in the bird world you'll have to tune in to see some of these stories because they are quite surprising you know? I'm going to have oh, it. I I'm taping wait. it. I'm yes, taping it, definitely. It sounds great. Uh, we'll put all the information over at animalradio.com. Thank you so much, Chris Morgan, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoy the series. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Well, like I always say, it has just flown by once again. I want to thank Christina Rinaldi, our hero of the week. Also, Chris Morgan from PBS's Animal Homes. Christina Lindquist, an awesome pet CSI. And Glenn Jessup with Kitty Cush Catnip. If you want information on any of these guests, head on over to Animal Radio. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.